to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that's ever been. My defense is impregnable. What up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 364 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? What's going on, brother? You know, two minutes shy from $1,200 yesterday. That parlay was that fucking close. But Terbiev gave me nothing in that seventh round, Ken. What the fuck? He's got to ration his bursts. You know, getting old these days. That's what I tell my wife. I'm hey. like, hey, stop yanking on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Things weather. I need to ration my bursts. <laughs> hey, that was a hell of a knockout from him. A hell of a knockout from uh, Roca last night. And Ken, Oscar, he's got the roadmap to Spence Crawford now, Ken. Dude, I saw a picture of him sitting ringside. It's him and Holly Saunders and Mario Lopez and his wife. And I'm thinking, I sit that that whole group. I'm like, man, who is that plastic surgeon <laughs> that just absolutely cashed the fuck in? Yeah, consistent work across the board. Hey, Oscar, <laughs> Oscar got them abs done. Now I'm looking at him last night. I'm like, Oscar, your chin looks like it had some fucking restructuring, my friend, because that thing is rather squared off now. <laughs> uh, hold on a second. So he got. An ab job? That is that a thing? Oh yeah, he admitted it. He got what they call a tummy it? tuck etching, where they get their abs etched. This is a thing. Yes. You know what? That sounds like a technique that could be used. <laughs> I'm for, more of an edging guy, but etching, you know, whatever. Well, etching is. Look, I have an issue where you know the ladies are like, I can't really tell where the shaft ends and the head begins. I could use some etching. <laughs> <laughs> I need a little mushroom tip whittled. Jesus Christ. Uh, I wonder if that I wonder if their surgeon does that that scope of work. <laughs> Actually, I I'm just thinking this might be a world record. We made it like five minutes maybe four minutes into the show. Uh, two minutes and forty seconds. Oh shit. <laughs> it's still late in the show for a dick joke. <laughs> And really, you don't have to look any further. People always ask about the, you know, on the Boxing Ramp podcast, they're like, why haven't you guys made it yet? Like, why, <laughs> why, you know, why haven't you guys had your pushover moment yet? And it's like, well, I mean, when the premise of your show, like when you go to pitch it to, to, to the big studios, to the big wigs, <laughs> right. and you're like, it all started with a dick (laughs) (laughs) there's this bit we do where we try to see how quickly we can incorporate a dick joke into the show (laughs) why are you wearing tuxedos (laughs) (laughs) Uh, did you just fart (laughs) yeah i can taste it that's ketchup yes well as a famous rap song once said the fart doesn't fall far from the butt (laughs) (laughs) and neither does the boxing rant podcast (laughs) look everyone be getting work done these days man you know what i'm saying i'm gonna end up getting some work done here now i'm gonna probably get a titty tuck or yeah they make those for men right hey if i if i had enough money to buy a quaff or have a quaff Installed? Uh, installed, yes, I would have it immediately. They got to have something, man. They do amazing things these days with technology. They got it. I just ain't got the cash for it. Some uh, w- Would it actually be glued 
to your bald dome, or would they install it? I mean, I'd like to have like my own combable hair, Ken. You know what I mean? Wow, like, you should be able to like have a remote that you could at least. I don't like, want Maury's fucking change wigs the from, colors. I'm not looking for Maury's wigs from Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> I, want some, I want some quality shit here. Maury's, that is a yeah, that's a style right there. <laughs> That's that guy jumped backwards into a pool on a commercial, Ken. I mean, nah, those are not, great wigs. <laughs> now, now all you got to do is get some hymns. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And you know what hymns is, right? You just let hymns bust on your head. <laughs> 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 Fucking rub that shit in. You know what I mean? Uh, Little vitamin D. <laughs> yep. It's good for the scalp, Ken. <laughs> and great for ratings on our show. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know what, man? We got a busy episode. We'll yeah. just we'll jump right from that. Let's do that. <laughs> Back into boxing, uh, Artur Baturbiev and Anthony Yard in a surprisingly good fight. Um, I wouldn't say it was a good fight. I, it was really entertaining, though. I had a great yeah. great time watching it, uh, much in the same way that I enjoyed watching David Lemieux versus Mahmoud Abdul Raouf, <laughs> Hassan and uh, Muhammad. <laughs> Fucking Lemieux knocked his sorry ass down like uh, at least a baker's dozen. Yeah, that was a brutal beating. That was brutal. But it was an exciting fight, but yes. you knew who was going to win that fight. Right, right. You know what I mean? This was not nearly as lopsided. I thought it was going to be um, as lopsided. Fucking Anthony Yard did a good job out there, Vin. Uh, we got fucking Terrence Crawford and Oscar De La Hoya sightings. Maybe that's why he got his jaw done. He's trying to close <laughs> the deal with <laughs> with Bud. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Put it in Oscar's hands. True. Um, and then, uh, you know, that will wind in um, what comes next and what probably isn't coming next in the case of Crawford and Spence. But we'll dive into um, 175 pounds a little bit as well. We appreciate you all tuning in to episode 364 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe anywhere audio podcasts are available. You can catch the video version of the Boxing Rant Podcast on patreon.com backslash Boxing Rant. Just make a donation there to the show. And watch us in full video, patreon.com backslash Boxing Rant. Follow us on Twitter at Vince Cummings 81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. All right, Vin, let's go to London, England. Mm. Um, Artur Baturbiev under the auspices and disguising himself as a Canadian. <laughs> so to just lessen the booze a little bit at this tumultuous time for Russians across the world. <laughs> did you notice that? I did. They had the Canadian flag next to his fucking face on the, <laughs> the entire time. It's like, oh. no, seriously, he's Canadian. He looks like a Siberian bear. But he's Canadian. That's the toughest Canadian I've ever fucking <laughs> he seen. Is. Russian machine never break, but I am from Canada. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> I did not notice that. That's fucking great. Yes, it's, it's, it's outstanding. So, yeah, a very friendly, warm relationship between the Canadians and the English. Um, Anthony Yard, with his inactivity and seemingly leading up to the Kovalev fight, his lack of training in general, <laughs> I was really surprised how well he looked. Not the toughness, you know what I mean? I wasn't surprised. Everything's on the line. I mean, you get an opportunity to fight for all these fucking belts against a name like this. I was just shocked at how good he looked. He's, he had these short fucking check hooks that were laying some power, mm -hmm. some thunder. Yeah, he looked good. He looked solid, man. I, I, yeah, he was, re he was really sharp. I mean, and for a light heavyweight, uh, super sharp. That was a problem for Baturbiev was that, that quickness, uh, you know, the... That short uh, check left hook, a uh, uh, quick straight right. Mm -hmm. Baturbiev either 
saw it coming and couldn't react or or didn't see it coming. Yeah, dude, that was like, uh, I kind of thought about it after the first round when they came back to the corner and I'm listening to the instruction in the corner and I'm like, oh, wow. It's a completely different tone than the first fight. It's completely different. Like when, when, when he got that title shot against Kovalev, the way that fight was built up, they kind of came into the fight and made themselves out to be a joke. Like they just kind of hyped themselves up and tried to build themselves up and say they were, you know, lions in the camp and all that crap, you know, and a sp- no sparring thing was bizarre. Yeah. And it just seemed off. And this seemed like, holy shit, this guy's improved significantly with his boxing. The instructions in the corner were boxing instructions. Everything seemed to be like, okay, this guy's a fucking professional fighter now. And it, it showed in that fight. And it goes to show you, like, that's all it takes in boxing. The fact that he was, I mean, he, he won a couple, two, three rounds in that fight and was, and was in rounds even when he lost rounds. Sure. He had spots where he, where he made things happen. It goes to show you that a, a performance like that is what, will make fight fans like me and you, and I think uh, across the board, everybody, all boxing fans yesterday were like, holy shit, look at fucking Anthony Yard. Like, look at this dude. Mm-hmm. Not only is he is he really good and look really sharp, he's much tougher than you ever expected him to be. He wanted to keep fighting. I know his corner stepped in. It was probably the right thing. He's only going to get bludgeoned at that point. You know, why, why take the beating? You're not going to win that fight. But, dude, I couldn't ask for any more of a performance from him than what we got yesterday. No, there was a level, and, and not from being knocked, getting knocked out by Sergey Kovalev isn't embarrassing, but the way that they handled the promotion of that fight and all of that nonsense, attention getting, like, dude, did you really just say that you guys didn't even take one live punch in the lead-up in preparation for a fight against a three-time world champion? Like, you don't spar? Yeah. You're just going to go in there and see what it feels like. You know what I mean? Like all of that was pretty embarrassing. So they got some good advice from somebody saying to tone down all that dumb shit, you know, keep your head down and camp, promote yourself well, but you know, your best defense in this fight against Artur Baturbiev is going to be your offense. And I, and I think that he implemented it really well, man. Yeah. There's a little bit of decay, a little bit of, yeah. of, of, of erosion. On Bater- yeah. And, and he hasn't been the most active fighter throughout his run. But, you know, what Artur Baturbiev is, is he is ultra fucking uh, economical in the ring. Mm -hmm. He doesn't waste a lot of movement. He is so fucking accurate with his power shots, man. He's he's very selective. He's a smart fighter, you know, but he's not this incredible Hulk type character where you can't penetrate his outer armor. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's there's visible cracks in it, which makes it a really interesting fight. Um, Did it, you think Yard ever had him like even questionably hurt in that fight? No, I think he woke him the fuck up a couple times. He did, yeah, for sure. You know, I, I wouldn't take it much past that. Um, yeah, a couple wake up calls, a couple little buzz calls. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, uh, hey, buddy, I'm fucking here. I'm gonna make the uh, the the fucking know it all, uh, Vin and Kens of the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna shove this unsanded whittled fucking wooden dildo up their asses you know and th- that's it that's fucking you he, know he did to a lot of people I, I'm not wasn't necessarily a yard hater but after uh, that yeah <clears throat> I, I definitely came off as one he proved me wrong a little bit I like that I'm down I'd like I, because I like being proven wrong when, right when I when I underrate somebody 
because that well, we means you that, weren't wrong. Oh, oh, he's better than I thought. Great, this is more exciting than I thought. You weren't. It's not like you were wrong to have that opinion. Yeah. He's just proven that opinion wrong now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, this one girl that you always been trying to smash, but rumor had it she has some roast beef curtains. So you've been staying away for all these years. But once you get that crack at that sandwich and you go down there to see if there's some man- mayonnaise on them roast oh, beef, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? You go down and he's like, Damn, this ain't roast beef. This thing is buttoned up like a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? This shit. They was lying to you. <laughs> they was lying the whole time. You know. <laughs> so those are pleasant surprises, right? She, she got that bomb. They was lying. <laughs> oh, that's such a great line. But you got that bomb. <laughs> I mean, he looks more like a cruiserweight in the ring, you know? And he definitely peters out. I mean, that dude is a couple pump chump. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's five or six rounds, you can see. It's it's mouth open, breathing heavy. But you said it in the preview. You know, you walk around with all them fucking, those decorations, all them fucking muscles on you. Yeah. You know, those things are hard to keep fed during a fight, especially when you're getting some shit back. Yeah, yeah. When you're getting, dude, I, here's the other thing I was thinking of during that fight. Like, guys like Yard, I think when they fight Baturbiev, and and all of Baturbiev's opponents, you have to have the best poker face on. You cannot let him know that he's hurting you. And that's why I think in some of these fights it kind of ends, like it seems like it ends, I know he was beating on Yard a little bit, but it ends abruptly. You're like, oh shit, yeah, that's right. Like I know he didn't, Perturbi have hurt him a couple times, never really that bad, but he was beating the shit out of him, like landing heavy, heavy shots. That jab, like you saw Yard pawing at his eye, that was that fucking jab. That jab's, the most powerful jab since Golovkin in his prime and Kovalev in his prime. Like that jab is, it's not quick, but it is short, sharp, and fucking heavy, boy. Oh, it's stiff. Yeah. Fucking stiff. It'll just stop you in your tracks. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a stiff one. <laughs> I'm stuck on his stiff one. <laughs> oh, we can see that. It's a problem. It's, it's, it's going to be a problem. Let's be honest. be a problem for anybody. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, but Terbiev, he's got one challenge left here at the end of his career, and it's Dimitri Bivol, right? Mm-hmm. That's the fight at 175 pounds. That's the only fight that matters. I think that Artur Baturbiev has enough people coming out of this performance questioning if this is the beginning of the end for him, right? Just that, just the very beginning. Like he's arrived <clears throat> at the peak, the precipice, and now he's looking over a very steep decline. Well, I heard everybody just declare Bivol the, the clear winner in that fight. Yeah, if you if you if you calculate <laughs> if you calculate the angles of, of of everybody's erect penises, right? <laughs> and you 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 know, you have to you have to compensate the telemetry because some of these projectiles are being launched from lower angle <laughs> from lower launching points. <laughs> right? <laughs> and if you calculate all of that plus weight times mass times uh, inertia, right? Yeah. Yeah, then yeah, it's really easy to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah, let's get, let's get to measuring, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how you figure all this. You shit got a up. protractor? Yeah, I mean, so what are those things that measure ankles? Go. B-ball clearly wins if you if you look at it from that angle. <laughs> 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 you know, look. Here's the thing, man. Uh, it it, you, it can be said in a very hyperbolic way that 
Bivol has perhaps never lost a round of boxing in his entire career. Yes. I know that that's a... Uh, you know, that's like me saying I got a 12-inch cock. It's really 11. Right. But, you know, we keep saying 12. Right. Then people start to believe it, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> right. Um, but, the you know, the reality of the situation here is is that while Bivol, his style, his frenetic pace, his, his ability to just fucking box, it looked very dominating against a much inferior opponent like Canelo Alvarez, right? Mm-hmm. Not that to say that Canelo is a bad boxer, but at 175 pounds, can we just put it to bed already, guys? Canelo is just an inferior fighter to the, you know, the the fucking elite <laughs> talents of Dimitri Bebo. So, but if you take those talents against a guy that can actually punch, not Canelo, Artur Baturbiev, right? Um, it's a totally different ball game. Yeah, come in all fucking willy nilly. Because Canelo's punching you in your fucking shoulder. Kev, these are the same people. You know, these are the same people that before uh, Canelo fought Bivol. These are the same people that said, "Oh no, 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 <laughs> Canelo Paterbiev. No, that's he can't. Paterbiev's out of the question. He'll destroy Canelo. Right. But Bivol's okay. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Bivol fucking wiped the floor. Yes. with Canelo. So this fight to me is absolutely fifty-fifty. Because what it did show to me is that somebody that can apply enough pressure and make enough consistent hard contact on Baturbiev can can deter him. Because Yard showed that, right? Now, he's a completely different fighter than Bivol. Bivol is a much better boxer than Anthony Yard. Mm-hmm. But it showed that if you can keep your gas just at a consistent level of pressure on the big Zangief-looking motherfucker, um, he'll have to fucking back off a little bit. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, yeah. He, he retreated a few times in that fight. Bivol stays out of the corner, keeps the fight in the middle of the ring against Paterbiev. It's absolutely 50-50. Um, I think that Bivol has advantages in athleticism, I think, and, and obviously age. Artur Paterbiev... He's got advantages, and uh, nobody wants to still be hit by this motherfucker. Do you think uh, Bivol is more athletic than Yard? I think so, he's got better feet. So I thought here's here's my thought is that Yard is moves laterally yeah. better than Bivol does. So Bivol's very quick in and out. Yes. So but I, I'm thinking to myself that's a different like it's a different kind of fight because of that. Yeah. And Yard was able to keep Paterbiev off balance early with that lateral movement. I don't think Bivol possesses the quickness laterally to do that. So this that fight is completely different. As I see it more of a... Paterbiev knows how to cut off the ring, dude. Oh, absolutely he does. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely he does, 100%. And Bivol did against Canelo. Yeah. So they're, they're both very good on all levels of boxing, right? It's going to be a massive fight. I think people... like I would make Bivol a slight favorite after watching that last night. But I think people are getting a little bit carried away with what they saw Bivol do against Canelo and the type of way that Bivol was able to just walk through Canelo. Like there were, Canelo couldn't really back Bivol off. He could stop him for, for times, but he could never make him take a step back. Really. Hashtag levels. Yeah, well, that, you know, and just the size and all that. Yeah. It, com- it comes he, into play. He had every advantage. Canelo bit off way more than he could chew. It doesn't mean Canelo's not a good boxer. No. It just was the it was a the wrong fight for Canelo. Bivol's not going to be able to do that. So everybody has that shit fresh in their minds right now that, oh man, Bivol dominated Canelo. It's, he, dude, you are not going to do that to Artur Baturbiev. And let me tell you, 
that fucking jab from Baturbiev that you, that we saw last night, that kind of jab is the kind of jab that gives Bivol's style of boxing a problem because it's short. It's good it, if it, if it's timed right, it's a hard jab. It's like getting hit with a power shot, and Bivol likes to work in and out. I don't know, dude. I I'm not. I'm just trying to paint a picture for people to see that. This fight is not a foregone conclusion by any way, shape, or form. Like, I, I'm sorry. If you think Bivol's going to win, that's fine. There's no approach to this fight for either one of these fighters that anybody should be saying, this is a fucking mismatch. I don't know. Is there any question? Because the, the resounding response after that fight was, this one's Bivol's to lose now. I disagree. I'm not saying it's not Bivol's to lose, but this is still, like you said, a 50-50 fight. And from a boxing fan perspective and what we see from Baturbiev and what we know we can expect from Bivol and what we saw him do against Canelo, what we saw him do to Gilberto Ramirez, this is, the, this, is, this is it from a boxing fan perspective. This is the best fight from an entertainment perspective, from a matchup style perspective. I, I don't think there's one better than this right now. In a way, Fulton. Yeah. Right? That that comes to the top of the list immediately. Usyk Fury's up there. Baturbiev is is basically a bigger, better version of Canelo, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, you know, I don't think there's any way you can keep Baturbiev below Canelo unless you just like to jerk off to celebrities on a pound-for-pound pound list right now. Um, this collision course of matchups, I don't honestly, as even as it is, my prediction and barring an injury leading up to the fight actually happening or somebody getting knocked out or something. But if the fight happens in a reasonable amount of time, my prediction won't change. Um, Artur Baturbiev has never been in a professional fight where it didn't end with the opponent being stopped. And as much as I enjoyed Dimitri Bivol just fucking pasting Canelo Alvarez for 12 rounds. As much as I thoroughly enjoyed that, that can you should not apply that level of euphoria to this matchup. I think Artur Baturbiev still stops Dimitri Bivol somewhere around the 11th or 12th round. It goes late, and it is a physical nightmarish fight, and I think Bivol just gets Gavo's dicked. Right. Just it's, like everybody else does, buddy. People yeah, people also like He's after, got Wolverine power. After watching that yesterday, they they forget that that Wolverine shit, that fucking like I don't even know if we saw it yesterday. Like I think he kinda it looked like he almost was stuck in third gear at times. And that could and, be the aging process. That could be. Yeah, absolutely. Thirty eight is thirty eight, and I'll say it and 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 till till the fucking cows come home, Ken. Moo. You you're fucking done at thirty eight. Um, you're not in your physical prime. I don't care what anybody says, mm-hmm. but he's still man enough and, and dog enough. And just, the, I, the, he's just got that killer in him that it's like, I don't know, but he took another beating. You know, he's taken a couple beatings in his career. The clock is certainly ticking. Here's, here's also what I would say. They can't let Canelo get in the way of this fight. Neither can Bivol. Bivol's got to say, Canelo wait in line. Yeah. You want a rematch? Let me, let me finish this first. Honestly, <laughs> It's know. not going any. Canelo's always going to want revenge. Bivol should just go ahead and handle that first. Why risk going down to 168? I know being undisputed at 168, 
while having three belts at 175. Oh, the greatest <laughs> boxer of all time, Ken. You know what I mean? Like what that, a thumb in the eye to Canelo. <laughs> oh, that would be, uh, yeah. His fan base, can you imagine them trying to suck on that one? Oh, that would be a hard pecker to the eye. Yeah, Jesus. That would be enjoyable. Though. Yes, sir. It yes. would be enjoyable. I'd do it with, I'd, I'd laugh at it with a Canelo shirt on. <laughs> I, I mean, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. they cannot, that fight needs to wait, man. And Bivol needs to be smart enough to not fall into that shit, drop to 168, and for some reason that cut cost him, you know. I, I And I know the Baturbia fight's still there. But a loss to Canelo then is like, uh, then you're coming back up and wait. I don't know. Yeah, but if it's a good fight, you're still not going to want to see the Canelo fight. You're, you're going to want to see a rematch. Yeah. <laughs> and I look, their styles, I think Bivol and Baturbiev is a fucking awesome fight. Yeah, it's way better than Canelo Bivol. Way better. And I'm not saying Canelo Bivol was a bad fight. It was a fine fight. Yeah. It wasn't a great fight. It wasn't a bad fight. It's just, yeah, that fight is on paper. Well, it's like a little kid coming up and, like, you know, put, like jumping and punching you in the belly. It tickles. It's, <laughs> it's, it's cute. Right, right. <laughs> oh, look at this little orange haired cute kid. But if it really yeah. came down to it, you could, you could flick that motherfucker and he'd go flying 10 yeah. feet. There goes his freckles. <laughs> Pick those up, kid. Take a walk back down to 168. Uh, I should take down those Canelo posters off my wall. <laughs> It is a bit hypocritical. <laughs> I need something to aim at, though. That's, nah, man. It's a, he's a great fighter. He is. <laughs> I interrupted you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, nah, but who wants to see that shit, man? You know, like, Canelo, you can get beat some other time. Go fight John Ryder. There's plenty of white guys out there if you need right. to pick on. Run that circuit, buddy. Yeah, 168's full of them. I got, yeah, that allows me to keep running that white boy summer bit. Exactly. <laughs> fight Liam Smith again. Yeah, why not? Run it back. Yeah. I'd like to see it. Liam looks like he's ready. Fight two Smiths in one night. <laughs> oh, did you hear the crowd coming out saying, oh, Callum Smith definitely stops Baturbio. Yes, no, no I mean. <laughs> These are the same people that, th- that thought Yard was going to stop him. Folks, you, you dummies. Uh, Canelo Alvarez bruised Callum Smith's arm with punches, and that was enough. But he's yeah. the measuring stick for all weight classes. But yeah, you though. got it. Yeah, you got it. You can tell if Inouye's going to beat Fulton based <laughs> off of... You know, this is like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> oh, man, I love boxing fans. Good Lord. It's like that one guy that came over to the house years ago and was like, hey, man, who you think will win between Mike Tyson and Floyd Mayweather? <laughs> well. He, he was dead serious, but those were the only two fighters he knew. Right. So, I, you know. Got to give him a – at that point, you just, like, answer it seriously. Yeah, like, it's like 75% it's of boxing fans. a great fans. fight. I think uh, Floyd's – Floyd's uh, – Philly shell defense would be a problem for Mike's. I think right now it would be interesting to watch. <laughs> it, might, it might actually be. I don't know what it is about Floyd Mayweather since he's retired, but it's not. He makes things less interesting now. Maybe it's you know him going over to fucking Japan and like wearing out the brothels of fucking sea level <laughs> fighters over there for fucking ten million yen. You know. <laughs> that and is yeah. I mean, couple I, gold edition Zelda. Good for him. Make the money where you can make the money. But good lord. <laughs> oh, we just jelly. Yeah, we he, is. He'd be owning skyscrapers and shit then. <laughs> <I>. uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Al Heyman still hasn't pi- paid Deontay Wilder for his last three Fury drubbings. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I saw that. I don't care about any of that, but wow. Let me tell you something real quick before we get into this Terrence Crawford stuff. 
If there's one Twitter follow that needs to be pinned right now, it is Deontay Wilder. There's something going on in between the that man's ears. I can tell you one thing. He's a different cat. That is definitely happening. This motherfucker is pretty normal during the day. He goes out and parties every fucking night. Because you know his gibberish, like you can like it's it's coherent most of the time. Mm-hmm. But at night he's like I'll be feeling like I be feeling myself and shit, you know? <laughs> like, I don't know if they be thinking the king need, needs to live on or I should get a cheeseburger, you know? <laughs> like, he made some fucking, like, really fucked up comment about, like, all of his fans saying, like, oh, y'all just hating because y'all be getting scraps in life and shit. I, well, I don't. Sometimes I feel like... Deontay loses himself when he tries to make a profound statement of some sort. And it's just like, dude, just, I mean, come on, man. But most of these really. It ain't that serious. The ones that sound a bit suicidal. Yeah. <laughs> these are consistently happening between 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. East Coast Standard Time. Oh, good for him. <laughs> so what you're saying is, is when. I would love to be to... up at 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. tweeting. <laughs> Hammered. Whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess my opinion on this has changed, but I do have kids. Vin is still living that life. <laughs> still dipping his big toe in that pool. You hater. <laughs> some so, of us out here trying to live, Ken. <laughs> Hush, I'm trying to get invited to some of these parties. <laughs> <laughs> Your ass be asleep by 9.30 every night. Oh, right? dude. Uh, yeah, that's actually, there's times where I'm, I'm, I'm getting in bed at like 8.40 and I'm like, I don't really even give a fuck. If this was being broadcast to the world, I'd flip the fucking camera off and be like, this is outstanding. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> he fucking he gets tucked into the evening news. <laughs> to the commute news. <laughs> he, oh, dude, I love it. I love it. All right, let's get to uh, something that is just, I, I don't know. This is more annoying than, than, than Mayweather and Pacquiao. Because this feels like sand in my crawl. You know, this feels like day seven of of a blacked out journey at the beach. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you've been showering, but... You caught a whiff. Yeah, you still be smelling like like granulated Fomunda. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Right. And that shit gets stuck in your fucking ass, man, and that shit's annoying. You know, it gives you a rash for a couple weeks. Girls be going down on you, trying to give you some dome piece, and be like, what the fuck? (laughs) <laughs> this man is wrong. <laughs> Got a village of insects living down here. What the fuck is wrong with you? But I'm telling you, like, imagine that. Imagine little bugs that just lived on your nuts and fucking took little nibbles all day long. That is what Crawford Spence is at this point. <laughs> it really is. It's obnoxious. It's just so stupid. Like, okay, so yesterday it was right around the. It was literally right around ring walk time for Baturbia of Yard. Um, uh, Michael Benson, the, you know, the industrious journalist (laughs) who just quote tweets everybody out there, um, was doing, he wasn't actually watching boxing. He was watching Golden Boy's Instagram account and shared a picture on. Does he like sit in a room full of computers and just has each different computer on alert for some boxing promotional company to post shit? Probably. What a nerd. Yes. What a fucking nerd. Yes. And he is become like, I don't know. Only in boxing, Ken. Yes. You. Yes. Jesus. 
<laughs> you can become anything. You can count punches with a fucking clicker. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, you can make it in this world. Call yourself CompuBox. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But this saga has just gotten so fucking annoying. So, yeah, Michael Benson uh, screenshots the Golden Boy um, uh, Instagram account, and there's a picture of Bud Crawford at GDP headquarters. Oh, shocker. The breaking news. Terrence Crawford signs with Golden Boy Promotions. 85 fight deal. Look, the reality of Terrence Crawford being there is he was probably like, I BLK Prime. That shit was sus. Yes. (laughs) I need somebody to package my next fight. Yeah. You know, but I can still maintain a level of independence here. Uh, What it does is it lines up um, the promotion for a mandatory challenge against the 13th ranked welterweight in the world because the other 12 all have (laughs) matchups pending. Between 2022 and 2025. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> dude, it's uh, when you like, they try to announce this stuff and like it's a big deal. And Oscar's like, I got this deal lined up for him. I'm paving the way to Spence Thurman. But first. <laughs> you going the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, two fights in my, in my stable for my guys. And then we'll get there. I just, it's like, so at this point. You're, he's got to fulfill his WBO mandatory by May, right? So the number one ranked WBO fighter, Virgil Ortiz, already fighting Stan Jonas, April 29th. Then you got Keith Thurman, number two. Well, Keith Thurman is also ranked number one in the WBC. He's fighting Errol Spence at 154 pounds, and they're counting that as... Spence fulfilling his mandatory at 147 pounds with the WBC. So that leaves who? Alexis Roca, number three in the WBO, right? All right, golden boy fighter. Guess who had a nice knockout last night? Oh, look, we'll act like we're going to sign. It's like, here we fucking go, man. Like, I don't give a shit about, like, uh, Oscar, like I'm, putting, I'm now putting Spence Thurman in the hands of Oscar De La Hoya. That's what we're doing now? Oscar's got the map. He's got the roadmap. Ken, he's got the plans. Oh, him and Heyman do this all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I believe I just saw an interview, 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 interview that Steve posted two or three weeks ago with Oscar. Like, you want to know why the sport of boxing doesn't get these fights? Al Heyman, plain and simple. It's always been Al. It's like, oh, but now mm-hmm. the guy that stole half of our two thirds of Oscar's stable. Five years ago or six years ago, whatever the fuck it was, 10 years ago. Now they're going to do business, Ken. Yep, best With friend. the biggest fight. Mm-hmm. It's like, get the fuck out of here, man. Boxing is so full of shit. Everybody eats all this shit up. People now think Crawford is, a, is avoiding Spence by signing this deal. It's like, what are you... Spence fans, what is Spence even doing? The, the, <laughs> the Thurman fight hasn't even really been announced. It how, has not been announced. How is Thurman ranked? That's a very good question, Ken. So highly in all these sanctioning bodies. You would think, who made that possible? Was that the PBC that made that possible? But he's ranked high in the WBO, too, so uh, that means they've you been... Beat, you beat Mario Barrios, that's all it takes, Ken. So Climb right up the rankings. Crawford and Spence have been racing to the top, and Keith Thurman's there? <laughs> He's been waiting all along, Ken. We got to get him moved up. No, no, no. Oh, did you hear? PBC has him ranked third in the WBCC. Whoa, Bob, let's get him up to number two in the WBO. (laughs) It's so fucking 
stupid, man. <laughs> it really is. And it's just like I, that boxing, like I, when it comes to this fight now, if you are a boxing fan and you have planted yourself firmly on either side of the argument, I can't help but think you are an idiot. If they, look, oh, sorry. If they, if they announce Crawford Spence by the end of 2023, okay? It's not going to happen. But if they did. Right. At that point, I will get excited. If it doesn't happen, like you just said, then it becomes 2024. At that point, I'm going to assume they are both past their primes. So I'm not as interested. I'm, I'm going to be less interested. Every right. fight that goes by, Oscar can create all these little yellow brick roads that are just fucking tangents off of this one road, it's just like at the beginning of Jim Henson's Labyrinth. If she just goes fucking straight and stops talking to that damn worm, she gets right to the center of the fucking castle. D David Bowie gives her back her fucking brother, and the movie's over. But you wouldn't have a fucking movie unless she took the Labyrinth. Oh, she had to go left and right and left and right. Oh, there's Oscar. Let's go over there. Let's go see what Oscar has for us, right? Oh, it's, look, it's an easy fight and a paycheck. Exactly. And the next thing you know, you're, 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 you're further away from the goal at the center of the fucking Labyrinth. Right. You and know? It, you know, and it, it's... I, can you blame Spence? Can you blame Crawford? Yes. Can you blame <laughs> Bob Arum? Can you blame everybody? Everybody yeah. takes blame in this. But it, it, like, it's just funny to me that, as a boxing fan, it just what are you doing? It's the business of boxing here that's completely bamboozled this fucking fight from the beginning. Yeah, by thinking it's something it's not. Yep. It's never been as big as everybody inside the sport thinks it's going to be. Guess what? That's that's boxing. What were we talking about before the show? How back in the day, every radio show you listened to was at Radio Row for big fights in Vegas. Always, mm -hmm. like. Four or five times a year, your morning, your local morning radio show was in Vegas for a big fight. Boxing has fallen so far, Ken, that they've recently invited Ken and Vin, <laughs> who have no listeners, who are complete idiots, right. to come to fights to promote them. That's that's like, I'm not trying to like say, oh, boxing's dead. I'm just... Just paint a picture for you here. No, what you're saying is, is that but it just they overestimated the size of the fucking fight. That's my point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, what, you know, you're half mong. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It takes me, a, you know, I got to go around the bout, and I'll get there eventually. Trust me, if you're not looking Vin <laughs> right in his eyes when you're talking to him, <laughs> he's not hearing anything. <laughs> he has no idea what you're saying, or even if you're there. It's been a problem in life, really. Vin? Yes. Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then, look, Errol Spence, Keith Thurman, it sells to a certain crowd. Um, I'll be there with bells on, Ken. I've, but yeah, I mean, it, but again, it's right. It's just that. It's just. It's no better than a one-off. Exactly. You cannot put Keith Thurman's name into anything and say it leads anywhere. Or say that Errol Spence is somehow taking a serious fight because he's fighting Keith Thurman, and Terrence Crawford isn't because he's fighting Alexis Roca. Uh, what? You know what I mean? Whatever. Like, what are you people arguing about? Whatever. Why, if you're Virgil Ortiz? Mm -hmm positioned at number one in the WBO, and there is a mandatory being presented to you in May for a championship fight against Terrence Crawford. Why would you go fight Amantis Stan Jonas? Why wouldn't you just 
fight Terrence Crawford? Uh, honestly, you want to know my opinion? It's going to be in May. He's fighting April 29th anyways. What the, you know what a fucking... Like? I know we give them all a bunch of grief in this weight class. I don't think anybody wants to fight Terrence Crawford. I, I think what really boils down to right now. If I don't, you're one of those guys, do you it, want your shot to be against Terrence? Like your first shot to be against Terrence? No. Because there's a chance you get embarrassed. Right. And then. Even though Terrence is getting old. I still think Bud fucking wipes the floor with all of them. I, I Yeah. I mean, if, if I asked to pick against any any fighter at welterweight right now, right today, yeah. it's, it's Bud. But yeah. two years from now, I'm not going to feel that way. There's no way. But yeah. then again, everybody at welterweight is fucking in the forty in the forty club now. And I do think that a him and Spence, you know, when him and Spence fight, it's about as close to fifty fifty as you can get. It, it's fifty fifty all the way up until the point that Errol Spence gets knocked out. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, Spence gets the he gets the hey. brakes beaten off of him by hey. Terrence Crawford. That would be a fucking statement, sir. But guess what? That's uh, has about as good a chance as happening yeah. as. Me laying pipe with Kate Beckinsale tonight, bud. <laughs> Let's do this, Ken. Let's argue about it until it does happen. I, I agree. Because that makes sense. Let's do it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> argue enough, it'll happen. <laughs> Always does. <laughs> Always does. Uh, what's everybody else doing? So is is this Errol protection program at 154? DSG's going to 154 to have a little round robin up there? Who did I see? DS- <laughs> I saw DSG might be fighting at 154. Man, it was a good fight too. Was it J Rock? No, it was not J Rock. That would you know that would seemingly make perfect sense. It's a Philly thing, boy. It's about to be a Philly thing here about three thirty today, Ken. Uh, the Eagles about to run wild, uh, son. They better do something to Brock Purdy. I'm tired of this guy. Anybody with the last <laughs> name Purdy, you know what I mean. Bill Burr had a great bit uh, on his most recent podcast about Purdy. But he's like, I'm just like, he's like, uh, the NFL is kind of getting soft. He's like, the fact that. White boys from Iowa State can step in as backup quarterbacks and ball out. He's like, you got, I'm sorry. He's like, this isn't the same NFL <laughs> that I grew up with. This is bullshit. <laughs> like, this did not happen back in the day. When the backup quarterback or the third-string quarterback came in, he sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and I, can, I there's like, there's some truth to that statement, oh, man. That's totally true. I'm not that I'm saying Brock Purdy isn't good, but or somewhat good. It's the system. <laughs> right. Right. It's always the system these days. Sure. Sure. Don't insult the head coach. Yeah. Of course not. <laughs> the mind, the brilliance. Right. Right. Yeah. Because if it wasn't for his brilliance, I would not be able to run this 4.340. Yeah. Good for you. You played Madden at from the age of five to 18. I think that's all it takes. And, and, and your dad being an NFL coach, you know what I'm saying? That helps. All right. Let's get out of this boxing podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's NFL time. Time to go lose some money yep. on the NFL. Uh, but if you have any money, put it all on the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. You think so? Yeah. I like it. I like it, too. All right. We'll see you next time on the Boxing Rant Podcast. Uh, subscribe to the audio version anywhere it's available. The video version is available on patreon.com backslash boxing rant. Uh, subscribe today on Patreon and check us out on video. Follow us on Twitter at Vince Cummings 81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. And we'll see you next time on the Boxing Rant Podcast. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can get it.